and we planted a big cornfield with beans in it. And when the crop come off, we gathered the corn and beans in a truck. And we delivered them beans to the hospitals, St. Mary's, and all the hospitals. We, we made a schedule. Certain days we deliver them there. Then we deliver them Cas Walkers. And my two youngest sons would stay out in the truck while we're taking our corn into Cas Walkers and they were selling it off the truck, made more money than Cas Walker gave us in the store. Welcome to Country Road Detours, podcasting from the front porch of the South. Visit us at countryrooddetours.com. Hi, this is Bob Longmire with Country Road Detours. Do you all remember during the 2016 presidential election, this 92-year-old lady decided to vote for the very first time? Well, she made national headlines and every major network covered her as she decided to vote for Donald Trump. Then Donald Trump heard about it, and he wanted to meet her. They met in Nashville, and then he came to Knoxville to meet her personally again. This lady's name was Beta Corum from Union County, Tennessee. Whether you are a Democrat or a Republican, you're definitely going to enjoy this show. As Beta shares about her childhood, growing up on a farm, her parents sold produce to Cas Walker, and they took her downtown to see Dolly Parton perform as a little girl on the stage of the Midday Merry-Go-Round. She also tells the story of when she had a drag race with her cousin on Taswell Pike. This was her last interview recorded on March 22, 2018. She died just four weeks later. At the end, you will hear the Jim Brady Trio perform for Beta in her living room shortly before she passed. We hope you enjoy this show, and we hope you all have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And now, let's listen in. My mother and daddy's Emma, Dora Hill, Jacob Hill. I was born in my mother and daddy's home, a house. This house was in Union County. I was born in Union County. They called grannies back in to deliver babies. They didn't go to no hospitals. I was a twin. My brother's name's Grant Ulysses Hill. He was my twin. I was named after my aunt, Beta Daniels and Grant Daniels. They lived in Middlesbrough, Kentucky. I used to work with my mother and daddy in a cotton mill. And every, every night, we'll stop at Kaz Walker's store on Broadway. That's in Fountain City. We'll talk with him and have a lot of fun for a little while and come on home. He always had apples sitting outside of his store, bushels of them. I walk out that door, I always pick me up an apple. And so he had a guy working with him, his name was Slim. And we all loved him, he's just one of us. 
He worked for Kez Walker for years. I'd go out and pick me up an apple and come on home. So one night, we stopped there on a Friday night. We'd give our checks to Kaz Walker, sign our checks, buy a few groceries. I'd always sign my check and give it to my mother. And they'd give it to Kaz Walker. And I'd come on out to get in the car. I'd pick me up an apple, but I missed it that night. Slim, this guy that worked with Kaz Walker, he hollered at me. He said, hey, Biddy, you forgot something. I thought, well, what in the world did I forget? Here he come out and he picked up a big old red apple out of the basket. He said, you forgot this. I said, okay, thank you. <laughs> I get an apple from him every day. His store was on Broadway. Then, well, I'd call it Fountain City then. i call it Happy Holler. I think everybody stayed happy down there because there's a, what they call a beer joint around the corner. All them people go around there and get them a, a bottle of beer or something, whatever it is. They come back there laughing and cutting up. These people had funny back then. They was neighbors everywhere you go. People were friendly with everybody. And they'd just come in there in Kez Walker's store and just have fun with him too. And he'd go back over and get them another beer. We all got along just like a family. That's the way we are to be now. Now, I tell you what, people is not family anymore, the way I look at it. And I think we are to just all get together and have a good time and stay that way. I used to bake cakes and give it to a new neighbor that had come in our vicinity. But they don't do that anymore. They'll wait till they get to a doctor and they want a good sight on a doctor or something. I don't know what it is. Some of the women will go back home. The next time they go to the doctor, they'll bake him a great big fat pineapple cake and take it to him. Well, they heck with that. That's okay, too, but be neighbors with your neighbors, too. That's the way I look at it. And I worked all the way up to 37 to 19 and 40. So went to work in an old cotton mill. And that was hard work, buddy. There ain't nobody knows what work is. You get in them places. I worked there for a long time. It's about a year and a year and a half. My boss come around to me and said, Peter, we got you a helper. I said, well, good. I've been needing a helper. I, what it was, I took a new spools of thread off and put empty ones on, on both sides of big frames. Lord, they was almost as long as from here to that wall in yonder on both sides. And the spools was about that far apart. I'd take the full ones off, put the empty ones on. Dog flock at all day long. Then take an empty, that big buggy of thread. Anyway, the boss come in, said he had me a helper. I said, good. Well, here come this young man said, this is Roy Beta, and he introduced him to me and all that other stuff. I said, all right, then you gotta train him what you're doing. Well, I've trained him how to doff it. He wasn't hard to train, he's a pretty smart feller. He got on that thing and started doffing. About the time I'd get to the end of the frame, he would be there too. He's pretty quick. 
And I said, did you ever do this before? He said, no, I've been in the Navy. He just got out of the Navy and looking for a job. I said, well, you almost beat me to the, <laughs> to the end of the frame. He said, yeah, I was watching you see how far you was getting out and you wasn't going to outdo me. That's what he was doing. So we worked there for a long time till they sold it out from under us. One job after another, we was transferred from one place to another till they got them all sold out. Well, we was out of work. We went home and stayed home for a while and didn't do nothing, just drawing unemployment. Well, I got a call to go to Clinton. I went down there to see what they wanted. I'd go down there and they made these little light blue jackets. ER put them up a little factory down there and it didn't last long. I worked down there till he shut down. Then I retired, I was 62 at that time. And then when I got 62, staying at home, my phone rang about every day or two and his ER on the phone, want me come down and train a girl on a knife machine. Well, I did that for him for about two or three months. He called the last time I said, ER, I'm not coming down there anymore. Them girls just don't want to run that knife machine because they don't like the job. Tell them to keep their mind on their business and that knife ain't gonna jump out at them. Keep their fingers out from under it and it'll be all right. <laughs> That's right. We lived uh, here at Halls, and we rented a place, and it had a big field, and we rented it from uh, Mr. Irwin, and we planted a big cornfield with beans in it. And when the crop come off, we gathered the corn and beans in a truck, and we delivered them beans to the hospitals, St. Mary's, and all the hospitals. We, we made a schedule. Certain days we deliver them there. Then we deliver them to Kaz Walkers. And my two youngest sons would stay out in the truck while we're taking our corn into Kaz Walkers and they were selling it off the truck made more money than Kaz Walker gave us in the store. Oh, that cow, she was a good one. We had her for years. She gave four gallons of milk a day. And I was still in school at that time. And every day I come home from school, my mother would have a churn sitting out in the middle of the floor in the kitchen with milk in it for me to churn. I had to churn for buttermilk every day and I got home. And the way she'd made her buttermilk, she'd take the sweet milk from the day before, set it aside, and take a cup and get the cream off of the sweet milk and put it over in another bucket and let the milk set till it clabbered. And then she'd put it over in the churn. And then she'd put the buttered stuff, the cream, we'd call it cream, 
over in it too. So we'd churn it and that stuff would make that butter and when that butter got up to the top of the milk in the churn, and you can tell when it's all up there, it all gets together, pulls together. We know it's time to stop and dip the butter out. We'd dip that butter out, put it in that big old, we call it a dish pan then. People didn't have sinks then back then. We used the dish pan to wash dishes. Now they use dishwashers. Anyway, use that pan, we put the butter in and washed it with cold water and put a little bit of salt in it, stir it up, mold it out in butter molds. We kept our community up in milk and butter from that one little old cow. We take that old cow after school hours up and down the streets and heard her let her eat grass. Then we'd take her down to Tyson Park. She'd eat grass down there. Then we'd bring her home, ready to milk her again. That poor old cow, she was a good one. We missed her and still miss her. I wish we still had her. <laughs> She's out in the yard of eating and in our yard on one side, it's kind of a slope hill down. There was a fence at the bottom of it. And we got out there looking for that cow. And finally, we went down there and looked over that little old mole. And there she was laying down on the ground next to that fence. And I thought, I called my daddy down there and I said, I found old Jersey. Where's she at? Down here and she can't get up. Well, we went down there and checked on her and she'd already died. She couldn't get up after getting down there. Cause she, when she fell or slipped and fell and she rolled over against that fence, she couldn't turn over to get up. And she just laid there and died. I don't know how long she was there. Yeah, yeah we missed her, buddy. Neighbors did too. They come up the house and says, we missed our milk. I said, will you go miss her? Her cow died. She says, no, boy, he'd hurt them all. <laughs> You know, when you got a good leader, you ought to appreciate him, I do. You ought to love him, and anywhere in the world you can, to encourage them and let them push on. They'll do a better job and they'll try, and he'll need all the help that he can get. I've met him one time in Nashville. I talked to him on the phone one time before that. And every time he'd make a speech, I enjoyed his speech because he meant a business. He, he was a businessman. He's educated, and I do believe that he's strong enough that he can stand up for his own kind of people. And that's America to make it better. Around with Donald Trump at these rallies, I went to a lot of them, went to Nashville, and they furnished my way. And uh, he had me to be one of his delegates. I don't know what they're supposed to do, but I done a lot for him. I mean, I done a lot for Donald Trump. So went on down 
when I first met him, I talked to him on the phone first. Next time I saw him, he come down and talked to me. And he had me get up You're listening to Country Road Detours. He said, this lady means a whole lot. Said, she needs to be right here where I'm at instead of me. Said, what she says, it, that's a lot to think about. She's a smart woman. Right now on the phone, Donald Trump. Uh, hello, it's good to talk with you. And uh, Beta Quorum is joining us from Knoxville, Tennessee. And she has inspired, she's been so inspired by you that she is voting for the first time in her 92 years. Well, she sounds so smart. If she were running for office, I would be voting for her too, Trish. She's amazing. <laughs> She's so brilliant. You know, she I've, I've been listening now for the last couple of minutes, and everything she said is exactly true. And, and she would get it done. You know, the politicians, they don't get anything done, which is her problem. They talk, but they don't get it done. And it's a great honor, Bita, and I want to thank you very much. You know, you're all over the place. They're talking about you all over, and to be on Trish's show is a big deal, and I just want to thank you very much, Peter. We drove up there, me and Teresa, drove up there to Cleveland. First time I saw his vice president was that day, and Donald Trump was on the stage talking, and I know he is out there looking to see if I was there. I don't think he ever seen me till he got off through talking and come off the stage and and he come around, and he shook my hand. He said, aren't you a delicate? I said, yeah. He said, I thought you was. When me and Teresa started walking out, somebody hollered at us. We looked back who it was, and there was four or five men standing out there. Well, I didn't know them. Well, some of them was his bodyguards. And I thought, well, we'll see what they're wanting. Went back up there where they was at, and they said, we got to have a picture with you. I've had my picture with everybody. <laughs> so they took a picture of me and the president and them other men. They wear you out if you let them. <laughs> yeah, they get send me presents all the time. I got pens. I've got a gold card. I've got, I've got a lot of stuff. I'm alive time member of Washington, D.C., the White House. I was coming down Tassel Pike, and Ray Corm, as Roy's first cousin, mm-hmm. he met him out there in Fountain City, and he got out, and he said, where'd you get that car? I said, I ain't going to tell you. I didn't tell everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, I'll bet you I can outrun it. And I said, well, I bet you can't. Not this. And this is a Ford. Look what you got. It ain't no count. Mm-hmm. I just carried him high. Well, he got up and started, started off. I got my car. Roy was with me. Goober was with me. He was sitting in the back seat. He started up and getting out on that highway. I was right behind him. I passed him up like a feather. And then when I passed him, I run into a darn curve. Like this. 
See, you don't take your eyes off the road when you got speed on. You keep your eyes on the road. I don't care what's over there or in front of you or anywhere. Don't take your eyes off the road. If you do, you're going to get killed. When I done that, I took my eyes off to see where Ray was behind me. When I took my eyes off the road, my front wheel was on the edge of that high shoulder. Well, time it got up so far in the ditch, the hind would fell in the ditch. There I was. And it threw Goober out of the car. And he found him out in the field, but he wasn't hurt. And Roy, he must have broke his arm on the door handle because he's on that side where he's sitting and I was driving. And I know that's how he broke his arm. But I beat old Ray. <laughs> You're listening to Country Road Detours. There's a light shining bright, how it gleams. Midday merry-go-round is on Gay Street. So we go in down there every Saturday around 9 o'clock. So one Saturday, we went in. Dolly Parton was there, but we really didn't know her then. Didn't know she was Dolly Parton. First time we'd seen her. Well, she had her little guitar with her. And then he's gonna say, we got a surprise for everybody. Dolly Parton, she picks a guitar. Well, she walked out, and there she was. She's a cute little old gal. And she's, picked that guitar and sung and all that. And it seemed like I remember she had a jacket and it was made And it was way down in the fall. Mama sewed the rags together, sewing every piece with love. She made my coat of many colors that I was so proud of. Anyway, they got talking about her. And then the first thing I know, she come back one time after that, and she made a talk about her mother and where she lived and all of this. That's how Scumley knows so much about her after she made the second trip. So one time we just made her mind up to go down Sevierville, see Dolly, but we didn't get to see her. She wasn't out like she is now. But anyway, we went down there and everything you see around there is Dolly this and Dolly that. Well, couldn't find out Dolly made it all the way to a movie star. Just a little old country girl. And now look what she owns, a big town. I had a schoolhouse here, church house over here. They call it the Hills Schoolhouse. Church house was a Hills Church House because it was together. I went to 
school there. And uh, there was a young girl named Marie. Marie Hill went to school. The same school. She lived on Marcus Hill's farm. We moved on Marcus Hill's farm. And Marie, every morning, her job was to gather the eggs, go to the chicken house and gather eggs before she went to school. And she had to do that of evening after she come back to Gallus School, gather eggs. My daddy worked on the farm with Marcus Hill. And there's a creek down below in front of us. We kids would get over that creek wading around. We'd see fish down in there, it's a little old creek, swimming around, and one fish come around with a horn on its head. My daddy come over looking around, he said, they all call me sis. Says, what are you doing down here, sis? I said, I'm watching this fish as it's a funny looking thing. What kind of fish is this, daddy? It's got a horn on its head. He said, they call that a horny head fish. <laughs> I never heard of it before. Are they a horny head fish? We lived in that valley on a farm, and there it was. We had to move and everybody else. First thing I knowed, it was coming in, the water was coming in. It made Narsh Dam Lake. And down there in that lake, they call it the Black Sea. There's one spot at Narsh Lake. It's as deep as a sea. I don't know whether anybody's ever been to the bottom of it or not. But when the people gets in a boat, they don't like to go over that part. They say this is a deep sea. That's what they named it. You don't know what all's down in the water. They can be whirlpools to suck you in, mm -hmm. and they are some of that. And it might be that that they're afraid of. You can't see it, but you could feel it if you start feeling somebody turning you. There's a whirlpool in there, and it just goes like this. And you're gone before you know it. That's the way it is. Yeah, he said, yeah, we gotta move, because there's water coming in. I don't know where in the world it all come from, unless it all, I don't know. They called it Narsh Dam. That, see, my daddy worked at the Narsh Dam for a little while. And when we moved, we moved out there on freeway in that big two-story house. And there was one car that went past our house every day, just one car. All day long, wasn't no other cars. It's just one car. And we'd watch that car go by every morning. He'd come back down every evening about the same time, about five o'clock to 5.30. And this guy, he worked at Dam. He drove a Plymouth. We knowed what he drove all the time. We lived down here on the, where Tyson Park is, on Jersey Street then. We had a big old wood box. We'd set that thing outside the house 
and fill water up, put water in it. And right down below the hill is on Virginia Avenue, was a ice place you buy ice from. We'd go down there and get 50 pounds of ice, bring it and put it in that box. It's outside the house to keep our milk in, to keep it cold. We had to go get ice about every, every day, sometimes every other day. It's just according how the weather is when the ice melts. We had to do that. And the first holly, but people didn't have refrigerators. I don't know how they ever lived. The first refrigerator we owned, you won't believe this. It wasn't too big. That and I got now and make almost two of it. Christmas we had when I was growing up, we didn't have no Christmas trees. We didn't even hear of a Christmas tree. You wouldn't see Christmas trees. Jesus didn't have a Christmas tree. He had gifts, but no tree. We didn't have no tree. And what we had for Christmas, we always had a good dinner like we always did every day, country eating. And we'd get uh, this Kenny coffee. You remember that? We'd get <laughs> get this Kenny coffee, and in the coffee there's always a stick of candy. My parents would keep that candy, and they'd put it in our socks for Christmas. And we'd get an apple. We'd get an orange. And that's it. We wouldn't get toys. They didn't make toys back in like they do now. The toys they made was real small and is metal. Small toys, not big ones like you buy now. Yeah, I got a, the dolls we got, just me and my sisters, all them girls there were. And uh, it's a little old doll about that tall. And it's a kind, if you drop it, it'd break all the pieces. So me and my sister got a little doll, one little doll. And it's right at a fireplace where we had her sock. I went to put my doll up on the mantel. And I dropped the blame thing and broke it all to pieces. So I didn't get no doll. I didn't get all I got was an apple and an orange and a piece of candy. <laughs> we didn't play much, really, but we played games that's always outside. We, we always had marbles. That's something else you don't see anymore either. We'd always get a bag of marbles somewhere, and we'd go outside in the dirt, draw a big circle and put a marble in the center. And then you divide the marbles up so many ever who's gonna play with you. Each one have so many marbles. And you take one marble, stay back here where this line is, where the circle starts all around, and try to knock that marble out that's stuck over here in the center. And a lot of times you shoot all the marbles you have in your hand and never hit that in the center. 
Now that's the game we played. <laughs> that's and we'd play hopscotch. We'd draw lines in the dirt. You know what hopscotch is? You hop on them things that you draw on the dirt. That's the only games we played till we got up a little older and ball games was in. I played baseball. Were you good? Played, went to Christenbury School on the last part of it. Them darn people down there wanted me to play football. You know why? No. Cause I was, I never was fat. I was all muscles. I was built strong. I was all muscles. I wasn't sick at all. I never was sick till this happened. So they wanted me to play football. I said no. I ain't playing no football. They even had my pants out there to put on the thing. <laughs> We had an outhouse. We didn't have toilets like they do now. We had an outhouse. Roy was up there in one one day. He kept hollering, hollering for me, and I stuck my head out the kitchen door. What do you want? I didn't know he was in the outhouse. He said, I'm in the outhouse. He said, bring me a stick or something. I said, what do you want the stick in the outhouse? There's a darn snake hanging up here over my head. <laughs> he just wanted to knock that snake out. <laughs> he couldn't get out the door, he was afraid. <laughs> yeah, I had him a stick, fixed and handed to him. He said, look up, Peter, there's a snake over your head. Now you tell me. <laughs> there's only joy inside. A crystal river flowing by the tree of life. No pain or disappointments there to hurt us. For Jesus Christ himself
Thanks for stopping by Country Road Detour. 